Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Hallelujah. Grab your Bible and, and let's go to the book of Psalms chapter 37. And um, I want to just share with you five things out of Psalms 37. Very simple Bible study tonight. Uh, I, I wanted to do something a little bit deeper, but the Lord just kept bringing me back to this very same scripture. I'm going to give you five steps, uh, five things that we need to do when we're under attack. Five things that we need to do when we're under attack. Actually, six. I guess I could say six things, and it's right here in the scripture. All right. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you how it changes us and and instructs us, and we just receive the instruction of your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, are you ready for the first thing that we're not that we're supposed to do or not do? Yes. Fret not. Fret not. It's right there. I mean, we could stop right there. Two words. Fret not. Psalms 37, verse 1, and the first two words, fret not. Look at your neighbor and say, fret not. Fret not. Fret not. That means don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't run around saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I just don't know what to do. What am I going to do? No, 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 no. And when the Bible says fret not, it means fret not. And it says fret not because of evildoers and don't be envious against the workers of iniquity, those who work iniquity against you, for they will soon be cut down as the grass and wither as the green herb. And then the next thing that the Lord tells us to do is trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We find in Psalms, or not Psalms, in Proverbs chapter 3 that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And the way that we do that is we don't even bother leaning on our own understanding. I learned a long time ago I don't have to understand everything. If I had the answer to everything, what would be the purpose of the walk of faith? You know, I, somebody asked me, they said, well, can you explain this? Can you explain that? I said, there's a lot of things I can't explain. A lot of things I can't explain. A lot of things about God that I can't explain. Now, I got a pretty good shot at explaining a lot of them anymore after, after years and years of, of living for Him. And, but there's still things that I can't explain. The Bible said that the just live by faith. We live by faith, don't we? So when the Bible said to trust in the Lord, then that means that we need to put our full confidence in the Lord no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, and we do not lean on our own understanding. And when I'm trusting God, one of the ways that is an indication to me that I'm trusting Him is that in all my ways, I look unto Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, look unto Him or acknowledge Him. And the Bible said, and He will direct your paths. So the Bible said, trust in the Lord. So we need to trust and do good. So not only do we just trust, but we do good. And the Bible said that when we do that, we will dwell in the land and be fed. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you're a do-gooder. You're just a do-gooder. <laughs> you're a do-gooder. So, so, so now I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fretting at all. Okay, I'm trusting completely on the Lord, not trying to understand everything. And now I'm looking for somebody to do good, a place to do good. Okay? So when I'm under attack, I'm not worried. 
When I'm under attack, I'm trusting in the Lord. When I'm under attack, I don't have to wonder why I'm under attack. I don't know why this happened. I don't know why that Job's comforters, you know. I mean, let's find out what he did wrong that brought all this down upon his head. Nothing. Well, actually, the Bible said the thing that he feared the most came upon him. So he opened the door with fear. Okay, not getting into that tonight. All right, so fret not, trust in the Lord. And then verse number four, delight thyself also in the Lord. How long has it been since you've got really excited about the Lord? Uh, I was going to say, for me, it's been today. But, but there's some people, you know, they're like, wow, you know, I got to go to church again. Can't believe I got to go to church again. Is it already Wednesday? I don't want to go to church. Come on now. Quit that. Quit that. Delight in the Lord. Delight. Wow. It's not that I got to go to church. I get, I, I get to go. I get to go to that building and be the church. Did you hear what I said? I get to go to that building and be the church. I get to be the church. The church worships him. The church receives from him. The church honors him and reverences him. And so I delight myself in the Lord. And when I delight myself in the Lord, what's the Bible say he'll do? Give me the desires of my heart. Give me the desires of my heart. Oh, I want this. I want that. Do you delight in him? Do you delight in him? Or when you don't get what you're wanting, do you like, okay, God, you want me to serve? You know, when I was a kid, I wanted a Corvette. I was 16, 17 years old, and I'm, God, I'm believing you for a Corvette in Jesus' name. We were living there in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Happy Caldwell was starting his church. Anybody know who Happy Caldwell is? I, I, I knew you guys would, but I don't know if anyone else did. Happy Caldwell was starting his church, and and uh, of course, I came from old time Pentecost, and uh, oh my goodness, he was the subject of people in the pulpits for a long time there in Little Rock because God forbid that they would have great big dinners and stuff like that, and they must be preaching a compromising gospel because so many people are coming and all that. Uh, but anyways, uh, I had a friend down at the bottom of the hill where we lived. His name was Bill, and he had this truck. And he, and he had this great big old dog. Looked like a great big old Pomeranian, but it was a chow. How many know what a chow is? You've seen a chow, okay. So I'm 13 years old, and he would pay me to give that chow a bath, mow his grass, and wash his truck. So I developed a relationship with the chow, you know, with the dog. And, uh, and he kept telling me, I'm going to give you this truck. I'm going to give you this truck. One of these days, I'm going to give you this truck. So one day, he shows up. And I'm there uh, and just rinsed uh, the, the dog off. And I'm there one day. And he said, you know where I went yesterday? I said, where did you go? He said, I went down to the car lot and I drove a brand new station wagon. I said, why would you do that? He said, well, and I can't remember the name of the dog, but he said, needs a place to ride inside instead of outside. And I believe in God for that station wagon. And I said, where did you learn to do that? He said, well, I started going to Happy Caldwell's church. I said, you started going where? He said, I started going to Happy Caldwell's church. And he told us to start trusting God and believing God for things. And he said, you know what? He said, there's a lot of people in that church that did just what I was doing. And they're going and they're just trusting God and they're just believing God. Now, he said, some of them get it and some of them don't. But I figured it's worth a shot. That's what he said, you know. So he was doing that. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to believe God for a Corvette. 
So I went down and they wouldn't let me drive it. But uh, I went down and I looked at the Corvette and all that kind of stuff. And I'm trusting God and I'm believing God. Lord, give me a Corvette. Lord, I want a Corvette. God, I'm believing you for a Corvette and all this kind of stuff. And I never got the Corvette. Later, I found out why. I would have wrapped that dude around a tree. That's why. I would have wrecked that Corvette because I had a heavy foot back then. Sometimes today I still kind of have a heavy foot. But the Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. So how do you explain that if you think, say for instance, that Corvette is the desire of your heart? Well, here's what you do. You fall in love with the Lord and His desires become your desires. Yes, amen. That's how that happens, okay? And, and that's the thing. When you delight in the Lord, then His desires become your desires. And then you're in sync with God and you're praying according to God's will and you're speaking the word and the enemy is repelled and the door of opportunity is open before you and you can go in and take what God has prepared for you. So when you're under attack, fret not because of evildoers. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight in the Lord. And then verse number five says, commit your ways unto the Lord Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And I kind of chuckle almost every time I read that passage of scripture because it says trust again. Verse number five, commit thy way unto the Lord. And oh, by the way, did I say trust? You know, I mean, trust in the Lord. Commit thy way uh, unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Now I want to ask you guys a very serious question. Are you ready? Did the Bible say right here, that if we trusted in the Lord and committed our way unto Him, that He would bring it to pass. Is that what the Word said? Then what's our problem with believing it? If God's Word said it, we receive it in the name of Jesus. If God said it, that's it. Somebody said, God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. No, honey. If He said it, that settles it. If He said it, that settles it. Now, faith may activate it in your life, Okay, but if God said it, it's going to happen somewhere. All right, so commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And so we have fret not, we have trust in the Lord, we have delight in the Lord, we have commit our way unto the Lord and trust in Him. And then the Bible said, He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Now, what does that mean when it says he'll bring forth my judgment as the noonday? In other words, he'll bring it at the brightest part of the day. Well, judgment is not bad if you're on the right side of it. So go ahead, Lord. I'll receive the judgment of the Lord because I'm on the right side of that judgment. See, what will happen is the Lord will take the wealth of the wicked and give it to the just. How is he going to do that? Through judgment. Through judgment, okay? And then verse number seven. Here's the next one that we're supposed to do. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. We're supposed to rest. This right here is what the Lord has been working on me with probably for the last two years. Rest, 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 rest. Because I'm a type 5A. God, you want this done? Let's go. Let's get it done. And I've got to learn how to just let God do it. Just come into agreement with Him and get on the train and let Him be the conductor and receive 
from the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are to rest, not just rest, but rest in the Lord. Rest in God's purposes, rest in God's ways, rest in the passion of God, rest in the heart of God. We rest in Him. We rest in the Lord. And then the Bible said, we wait patiently for Him. And then it goes on and it says the very same thing that it said in the first verse. It said, fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. This is talking about the people who are trying to help God out. Abraham said, Lord, you said I could have a son. Sarah said, my womb is dead. Take my handmaiden. And a son was born by the name of Ishmael. Right? And so what happened was they tried to help God out. They tried to help God out. And it kind of got the world in a mess, didn't it? Later on, Isaac was born. And so now you've got the son of promise. And then you have the son that came as a result of them not waiting on the Lord. So we fret not ourselves because of him who prospers in a way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. And then verse number eight, the Bible said, Cease from anger and forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. In other words, stay in love. Stay in love. Keep staying in love. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. The enemy will offer you every single day several opportunities to be angry at someone, to be frustrated at someone, to be upset. To, and, and he's combating your rest. He's combating your trust. He's combating your love. He's trying to take love away. The Word of God says we are to cease from anger and forsake wrath. And then the Bible said, fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. I don't know if you're the only one. I don't know if I'm the only one in here. I'm, I'm, I assume I'm not. But I'm probably not the only one in here that has to cast down imaginations every now and then. Because the enemy will come against you when someone does something wrong to you or says something wrong to you and you'll start getting evil imaginations in your heart. Amen. And you'll start thinking, now, you know, all of y'all might be angels, you know. I mean, you might be perfect, but, but I'm not. I'm not, okay? And so there's times I'd think, man, I'd like to go just punch that person in the nose. Oh, I cast that down in the name of Jesus. Not the person, but that thought. I cast that down in the name of Jesus. Honestly, how many of you have ever thought, I'd like to just go punch them in the nose? I mean, how, be honest with me. Oh, that makes me feel better. See, I, I'm not the only one in here. All right. But that's the imaginations that we have to cast down. We cease from anger. We forsake wrath. We don't fret ourselves in any wise to do evil. And then the Bible said, verse number nine, here's why we don't do that. It said, for evildoers shall be cut off. Cut off from the provision of God, cut off from the blessing of God, cut off from the peace of God. The Bible said, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. That word wait there. That word wait doesn't mean necessarily to wait like a length of time. It has the word serve implied. So those who are serving the Lord, they will inherit the earth. 
they will inherit the earth. All right? So let's recap real quick while Charles comes back to the piano. Let's, let's recap real quick. Number one, we fret not. Right? When we're under attack, we fret not. Number two, we trust in the Lord. And we do good. All right? So we trust in the Lord. What's the next one? Delight ourselves in the Lord. And the promise there is He gives us the desires of our heart. And if it's the Word, I just accept it and believe it and receive it in the name of Jesus. Right? Then we commit our way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. He brings it to pass. Then we rest in the Lord. Don't we? We rest. We just say, Lord, I'm on this train and you're the conductor. All right? I'm on the wagon. You're on the wagon. You're the wagon master. A little country here tonight. A little western. You know, I've got an older crowd here tonight, so we're talking country. We're talking westerns, okay? Trains and wagons and stuff like that. You know? All right. And then the, and then the last one is we cease from anger. Right? We cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Amen. Good little reminder tonight. Good little reminder. Let's take a few moments tonight and spend some time just worshiping the Lord in His presence, okay? Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number four, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.